I'm John Caldera, president of Independence Institute. Teresa Watson is the chair of the Boulder County GOP, and I thought I was lonely. Her work led to a state representative getting charged with several felonies for running for office where she didn't live. It's more common than you think. This is the audio version of our television show, Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com and searching for our channel, IITV, which stands for Independence Institute Television, or just go to thinkfreedom.org. I hope you enjoy this discussion. You want to know what democratic dominance looks like? I've lived in Boulder since the mid-80s. I know what it looks like. This poor woman is in charge of the Boulder Republicans. I don't know how you do that, but what I wanted to talk about was how you knew how to get rid of a Democratic state legislator. So, Teresa Watson, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Glad to be here with you, John. Help me understand how Tracy Burnett, state legislator, is no longer a state legislator. And in fact, she had to step down and might have even committed a crime, and you were able to somehow bring all this to light. I found this fascinating, and I'm still not too sure how you did this, so I'm very curious. Tracy Burnett came to office, and she represented what district? A House District 12. Where is that? It is Lafayette, Louisville Superior, Niwot, uh, Lake Valley, everything in between those cities. Also. Okay, and that's in Boulder County? Yep. All right. So it's in, it's in your world. Do you live in her district? Yes, I okay. live in Louisville. How long is, uh, and she was in that district for? She, had, she was in her first term, so okay. she was uh, halfway through it when the redistricting was uh, drawn. The districts were drawn and redrawn after the census. This happens every 10 years. Every 10 years. Every 10 everybody years. knows it's coming. They all anticipate it. And sometimes people are drawn in their district. Sometimes they find themselves out of their district. And sometimes some people have to leave their office. And sometimes they've got to move if they're going to stay in the office. Tracy Burnett was in her office, in her district, out of her district. What happened after redistricting? Her home um, of 30 years with her husband and children was districted out into House District 19 that was currently being held by a Republican. And according to data, it had about a one and a half percent Republican lean. Okay. So she could no longer be in her district. So well, she, she lived, she moved from what, you said uh, District 11? Did I get 12. that? 12. And now where her home was, was no longer in 12, it was in 19. Correct. And what was a Democratic district, where she obviously won, is now a marginally Republican district, as if anything is a marginally Republican district in Colorado anymore. And, well, so poor Tracy. Um, uh, had to run, if she wanted to run for something, would have to run in District 19. Okay. 
That would make that, sense that to us, right? Yeah, that, that happens. So she ran in District 19, right? No. So she ran in District 19 where she lived, right? Nope. All right, so she lived in, she was in 12, got redistricted, she's in 19, so she ran for District 19. She decided that she would prefer to move into 12, knowing oh. that her home no longer resided in 12, but she liked being an incumbent, I'm sure, and having the power of being the uh, incumbent candidate for re-election and for a second term. So she decided to, um, to move. Rent. Back, into, back into her. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Politicians do this all the time. I never, well, I don't actually know why, because it's that not. That was something I learned this fall, John. Yeah. I didn't it, know this. Yeah, I didn't people, know that they do this all the time. Well, Hillary Clinton moved to New York to become a senator, you know, and this gig pays like, you know, 30 grand a year, so, but it has a parking space. So she liked being in District 12. It got redrawn and she was drawn out of it. She's known in District 12. I imagine most of her constituents were still in District 12. So she rented a place and she and her whole family moved into District 12. She lives in District 12. Well. Big deal. People move. It's, it's been she, known to Let's happen. say that I would call it that she rented an apartment and got a new address, but there was no moving that happened. What do you mean? Well, the apartment um, stayed empty, pretty, pretty empty. And so I didn't know anything about this till the summer before the election. So it came to my attention through one person through another and it came to me because I'm the chair of the GOP party in Boulder County. So they came to me and This has got said, to be the loneliest job in the world. It's the best job in the world, John. I don't believe you, but I'll You see the smile? <laughs> There's nowhere to go but up in Boulder County. <laughs> so Expectations it, are and low. We, <laughs> we have a lot of fun messing with the Democrats. All right, so, so Tracy Burnett, Says she moves, she rents a place. Yes. But you find out she doesn't actually live there. Now, if I understand the law correctly, United States congressmen can do that. You don't actually have That's to correct. live where you, where you, the people you represent. So you can you can live in Denver, uh, but say, but the people in the fourth congressional up in uh, Fort Collins can can vote you in. That's a cool thing. But for the state legislature, it's very clear. You must live where you represent. So she says she lives there, but you were suspicious she didn't. Right. Let me ask you, did you stalk this woman? Were, were, you, were you spying? Did you put an air tag on her? What did, <laughs> what did you do that, that you find out she doesn't live there? Because my guess is, while there's not a lot to do when you're a Republican in Boulder, because you're not winning a lot of elections, you probably just don't go around and stalk people. I mean, how did, how did you get a sense of that? It, it wasn't my first instinct to go check out the apartment. I, my first instinct was, 
I, the person who, I, I heard it through several people. So somebody, who, somebody and, tipped you off? Yes. So I w- who was thinking. Who tipped you off? Give me names. Give me names. Or give me uh, Probably, give me an idea. Um, no names, but um, friends of friends that knew Tracy personally. Friends of friends of you or friends of, of friends Tracy, of? Tracy, that knew Tracy wait, personally. Wait, 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 wait. So friends of Tracy. Friends of friends. You have mutual friends. Not my friends. Some Speak more plainly. People who are friends with Tracy ratted her out to you? Indirectly, yes. Really? Through a, another person, yes, that knew me better. So Tracy's spilling the beans to her friends. And well, they know where she you. lives. Right. And she admitted that she rented an apartment and she told people that it was okay because it was legal. But it's not legal. Well, if you live there, John, yes. Right? But you have to live there. Right. So it, this, is, this, is, this is pretty sloppy. Uh, it, it, it's really arrogant. It gets worse. What do you mean it gets worse? It gets really sloppy. Well, hang on a second. I'm, I'm still trying to digest this one, which is she gets a place. And mind you, I've known parents who have done this in order to get their kids into a better school because it's terrible if you're in a bad school district and you want to get into a better school and you'll do anything for your kids. And if you can't afford a house in a good school district, you try, you try to do something. That's for your kids. This seems to be for yourself. And so she says she lives here and her own friends start talking it up till it filters around. It seems like this is the kind of thing you shouldn't be talking about. But how do you not know that it's going to get out that you're not really living there? <laughs> People talk. Yeah. Yeah. All yes. right. So you hear this, then what? So I'm hesitant because I'm thinking someone's just messing. Messing with They're you. just trying to get even with Tracy or I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't know what to think. So I kind of just sit on it for about a week. And then one day I just decided... Um, that I would look up her Facebook stuff. Well, let's just, well, first of all, I looked up her address, checked out the map, and then I went on to her Facebook. How did, you, how did you check the address? You can go to Boulder County, um, whatever, the land. Okay. You know, you look up addresses, get the maps of where people live. Oh, and the redistricting maps themselves right. were very easy to use to look up addresses. So I looked it up, sure enough, it's, and this is still like, this is crazy, this doesn't make sense. Why would she be doing this? You live in Boulder, you're the, we're outnumbered five to one. What, right. what, what do you need to lie for? Well, also, it's, it's not like in District 12 <clears throat> that some Republican was going to win that seat if, if she didn't like I run. said, five to one. <laughs> yeah, you know there there was a you know I think about when Mike Kaufman kept winning that that congressional seat, uh, the sixth congressional, and she he was really the only one who could hold on to it, and he held on to to it for years, and when that was lost, it was like it's going to be hard for any Republican to win that seat if he didn't run. 
it's not the same it's you're saying? Yeah, you don't yeah, think I, it's the same in Boulder? Yeah, I don't think it's the same that she was the only one who could hold on to that, that, uh, uh, that seat. All right. So you looked online. And I started looking at pictures, looking at her Facebook. As a representative, she had a Facebook. So I just started snipping pictures of the home and just trying to figure and, and getting a timeline because um, you had to have been uh, registered at this due address one year prior to the right. election, right? So in 2021, November 2021, she would have started, I should have started seeing pictures change, right? There, right. there should be an apartment. So we were looking at the pictures and guess what was going on in late 21, early 22? A lot of Zoom. Right. <laughs> and guess who doesn't blur out her background? <laughs> so I started collecting the pictures of the Zoom meetings with her in, a, in, in some location. I wasn't sure at the time yet because I wasn't sure I've never seen her house. I've never seen the inside. So I just started collecting, getting the information. Uh, she had a, she was bragging about a tomato bumper crop over the summer, and it was this, the summer before the election. So now we're, so I'm collecting data, putting well, it in a timeline. Maybe line. there's a community garden in her apartment. I thought there has to be, right? I'll go check. So I did eventually drive by the apartment to see, get a feel for the location. I live in Louisville, so it was just a, a little bit from me. And um, went by, checked it out. And I, I took a few pictures because you're, it's just so evident. You're looking at this apartment and there's a pool in the center and everyone's around it and everyone's got plants and trees and little outdoor plants and a table and chairs and hers has nothing zilch so i start taking pictures of that and all of the windows are covered take pictures of that again remember i'm collecting data because i don't know for sure i don't know this woman i never have met her so um i decide i need some help because I don't know what to do now with all of this. So I um, called the chairwoman of the Colorado GOP. She's an attorney. I wanted to see what she might have some advice for me. So we talked, talked, um, got some other advice about how to handle this. And so I had kind of a deadline. Ballots were about to be printed for the November election. And they said, well, there's a you, there's different ways to um, handle this. You can um, submit the evidence to the Secretary of State. You can um, take it to the Judicial District 20 of Boulder. You can take it to the DA. And at this time, I had about five days to compile and um, write up my complaint. So um, I had to hustle. And it was a, it was, I spent five days. I dropped everything and just worked on this report and got it to the DA um, Monday, September 19th. 
So you brought it to the DA, not the Secretary of State's office. Oh, I sent it to her too. Oh, to, okay. Yeah. All right. So you said, here's pictures of her in her house from Zoom meetings. Um, here's, here's. So yeah, I had well, I had a lot of things actually, John. I had her voter registration because that's a public record. Um, had her Louisville. Her voter address. registration, I'm assuming, was at the new place. Correct. Okay. Yes. Everything else we was had at her, her voting place. record from the June primary for at her apartment at the new address. So you give it all to the DA. What happens next? They actually contacted me pretty quickly, um, maybe within 48 hours, 24 hours. I can't remember the timing exactly, but they said, um, you have some very compelling uh, evidence, and we'd like to talk to you more about this. Really? Now, the DA, if I remember, it's Boulder. Yep. He's a Democrat. Yes. Were you worried that that he might go, hmm, we'll just, we'll just keep this to ourselves? You know what I was or, worried or about was not it. doing my job. As a chairman of the party, I thought, I can't ignore this. Someone's brought me information, and I need to do something about it. Now, I didn't file as the chairman. I filed as a as a resident of right. House District 12. So I filed the complaint as a voter resident of this district. And um, so that was my first uh, motivation was, I have a job to do, I need to follow through on this, and I don't know what it's gonna happen. Yeah, I live in a district, a county that's very Democrat, so I don't know what the DA is gonna do with it. I hope. And we had very low expectations. I just wanted it to, I wanted to do my part, my, my job, and so I handed in the evidence. What did he do? They brought me in and uh, asked a lot of questions. Um, they interviewed other people. I actually had someone help me um, watching the apartment. Um, I just said, hey, would you be, he lives in Louisville. I said, hey, would you be willing to go by the apartment once a day just to see if anything changes because we've got this small window of time to um, continue watching and see if so anything wait, wait. happens. Did you, did you stake this place out? Was this like a cop thing? You're there, you got the binoculars and the camera with the long lens, <laughs> and 15 cups of coffee, and you're there on a stakeout? It, it was, were you the, it was were a little guy, bit easier than were that, Were you the guy in the van that said pizza on it, but really it's got tape recorders? and That would have been fun, yes, but no, he just walked by noted his time that he walked by and that nothing had changed. Or if they had anything changed, he wrote that down too. But nothing had changed. So he did, did it for three weeks every day. And she never came by? Nothing changed. Nothing changed. Maybe she was, maybe she was dead. Maybe she was inside. Maybe she needed help. Maybe she fell no, down and broke her hip. She, she attended like the Louisville parade for Labor Day and no, she wasn't. So what happened next? <laughs> So, um, again, they're not really telling me a lot. They're just asking questions, and uh, they interviewed. They, they asked me for other people to interview, so I gave them the name of the gentleman and the person who gave me the inside scoop at the beginning also. So uh, they interviewed them. And I kept in contact with the investigator, but he really wasn't revealing to me, but he, 
he did give me some hints. He would say, we're taking this seriously. You gave us some really compelling evidence, um, but that's all I can tell you. And so we just waited. And actually what we did was we had, a, we had members of our party writing to the DA, writing to the newspapers oh, and really? saying, hey, um, we'd like to see this case be listened to and taken seriously. So we had a lot anything? of people call and write. Um, let's see. I don't hold it. Um, I can't remember who was the first to. I now. Oh, that's the other thing. I sent my complaint to multiple newspapers. Um, of course, our our wonderful Daily Camera, and the Longmont Times, and they're connected. So neither of them wanted anything to do with me, or this story. And then the Longmont leader, they were willing to listen to me and get my side of it. I would assume once a reporter called Tracy Burnett, she'd be like running over there with, you know, you know, running back to her, her, her apartment. She making was it contacted like quite early. Actually, this story was, wasn't really my initial story. The Colorado Sun published an article in August and she was one of the featured representatives, legislators, in this article talking about something called open secrets. And the open secret was that there's actually a lot of legislators that don't live in their district but run for them anyways. Wow. And they actually had four, Tracy was the fourth, case last fall that they were actually had complaints against and were going before DAs and judges to um, settle the problem. Okay, so how did this wind up? How did it end up from there to her resigning? So on November 3rd, the DA sent out a press release with the charges against Tracy. So, and these are criminal. And by charges. now, John, you know my job is getting yeah. very busy because there's an election, and I've right. got I've got election judges and poll watchers, and I've got people, candidates. So I'm now very, very busy, and it's kind of like I know it's still there, but I don't know what's going to happen. Did it surprise you? Oh my gosh, yes. Really? So you didn't see the charges coming? You didn't get tipped off? Hey, it's happening. He sent them to me. The investigator sent me the report, the warrant, and all the his report the same time that he released it to the press. What was she charged with? Three felonies and two misdemeanors. That's pretty serious. Well, that, I, I was shocked at that. What are the felonies? Um, influencing a um, public servant, voting in, your, not voting in your district. Remember I right. uh, had her voting record from the primary? Right. Right. So her ballot went, well, it went to a P.O. box, but it was um, but for filled, that address in that district. If she filled it district, out and sent it in, that's voter fraud. Correct. Right. That's right. And I can't remember the third felony offhand here. Okay. But those are felonies. Absolutely. Yes. And I was completely shocked. Three felonies? Like, I knew um, that there was a misdemeanor in there, but I wasn't sure. And the investigator told me Election laws are difficult to follow. Election laws are very difficult to 
to get um, to get charges on because they're really hard to prove. Um, you need to show that someone has actually voted when they shouldn't have voted. And so, particularly with a lot of mail ballots, you don't know that somebody's mail ballot was a fraudulent one. And so, um, you know, did somebody really mail that in? Can you prove that they weren't the ones that mailed it in? Here, she obviously mailed it in, and it was mailed to Oh, no, to that. John. It's better than that. How so? She took a picture of herself at the ballot drop box <laughs> with the... Now, she was careful not to have her address showing on the envelope, that, but she, was, right. she had a picture of herself, and it was like five days before the election, something like that. So it was dated, posted in her, on her, Facebook her, on her social media. All right, so it's her, she voted, she voted, registered to an address where she did not live. Correct. All right. How did, how did they know? How do, what was the proof she did not live there? Could it have been that she just ran back to her old place during the day and did her, her meetings there, but she slept every night? Well, kudos to the voter DA and the investigator because they actually did some amazing investigation of this case. So it came out on November 3rd with their, um, with their press release and all of their, uh, their report. They had um, got, gotten a warrant to go into the apartment, took pictures, noted what was there and what wasn't there. Well, mostly what was there, I take that back, just what was there. And um, the funniest um, statement they made was the cobwebs <laughs> on the cabinets. But they noted like what was in the fridge, almost nothing, what was in the freezer, what was in the closet, a bed on the, a mattress on the floor. This is not a woman who's used to her fine living on her very nice home on property in uh, Longmont, living in an apartment, and supposedly still happily married. So remember we were talking about what is the statute? You must live in the apartment, you must live at the address for one year prior to right. the election, right? Well, there's an actual definition about what that means. It's your main right. abode. Right. And when they are determining someone's uh, legitimate residency to run for an office, they look for things like marital status. Has there been a change? Uh, you know, is the family together still? Right. Um, has she gone through a divorce or have papers, name changes, anything that would, you know, and does she show up and live at that? What abode, which one is the place where you would actually put your head at night. And by the way, where you sleep matters. They actually, <laughs> they actually count that. Yes, um, that really does. So, um, she resigned. She On resigned. the very last day of her first term, yes. Okay. So she never, she never uh, uh, showed up for the first day of session, right. for, for the new session. That's, her a vacancy committee had to fill in the new one, which is too bad because she ran for this office um, uh, under, under false pretenses. She was elected as if she lived there. And so the constituents really didn't have a fair election. They don't, we don't know who would have won if 
if uh, who would have won the primary. We don't know who would have won in a general because she lied about this. Uh, what's the status of the case? She's she's been charged with these felonies. Are they still pending? Do they? She has an arraignment coming up on February tenth, and at that time, and we're still again. Remember, I don't get regular. Right. you know, correspondence from the DA's office. So I don't know um, what they're, where they're at, and if there's any kind of deal going on. Um, but I would like to know that. I mean, I think we have a right to know if they're going to make a deal with her attorney to lessen charges or drop the charges or, I don't see how they can, honestly, now that it's so public. I don't see how they can drop the cases. Right. I don't know what kind of deal you make. And I can't imagine how she can say she's not guilty. It would be a tough, uh, I think it would be a tough thing to, um, uh, to say you're not guilty. So I imagine there'll be a plea deal somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Because, you know, um, I don't think she's going to be doing hard time for this crime. No. But also, let me be fair, this is not just a Democrat issue. There are Republicans who have, right. who are being rumored to have done this issue or, or done this, living living right. where they don't live. Sometimes it's uh, with a family member someplace else. Sometimes it's at a different house. Um, you know, if, if, you're, if you're Jared Polis, you can have several houses around. When he was, I think, shopping for a district to run <clears> in, <throat> you know, he had his place in Boulder. He had his place in Weld County. I think he had a house in every single district in Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. And I could be mistaken. You know, so, but not everyone has that kind of wealth. And so maybe you just stay with, with Cousin Bob while, while you're out there. Sure. Uh, there were, like I said, there were four cases going on. Tracy became the fourth case in the fall. But it was came out that there's actually 10 legislators, and this was prior to the election. Wow. So, um, yes, it was, like I said, they call it the open secret. So... It's just one of many, I guess, that go on. Yeah, so now we're looking at, they just had their vacancy committee and they elected a new legislator to be representative of House District 12. As a partisan Republican, it must feel very good that you were able to um, take out a Democratic legislator. Do you feel like her replacement is a better, somewhat <laughs> slighter, slightly more conservative Democrat or a slightly worse Democrat who's more socialistic? He's probably definitely more socialistic. Would yeah. it have been better if you had just kept the secret quiet? I know. You, you, you do wonder that, right? You don't know, you, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. You're hoping... I couldn't just ignore it, like I said. It was just something I you can't ignore. But I think there is some positive um, momentum on this because now if now that the precedent has been set that the Boulder D what the Boulder DA did was press charges, right? Charge her with felonies, there are there's a feel now across the state that you, maybe you ought to maybe live you ought in to your, rethink. Maybe you ought to live in your district. 
<laughs> Maybe you ought to live in your Maybe district. Maybe not. Don't move to Boulder because Teresa might come after you. So. All right. Why don't we leave it there? Maybe you ought to live in the district that you represent. That's right. Teresa, thank you so much. What an incredible story. Thank you, John. This is John Caldera, and if you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. You can listen to more episodes on all streaming services, with new ones being released weekly. And remember, this is the audio from our television show, to watch the video version, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.